when they announced who was playing Whitney, I got drunk. They called me. She ain't pretty enough to play, play Whitney. Who did? Why her? La la la. Y'all y'all wasn't available. It's like all place. of this, right? It's a cold and place. Cold, cold place. And then I was, I felt, I felt away because we were filming. We were like on date. We were in week one when they announced it. And I, I was like, I don't need to see a reading that. And Woody, he, so, so he was like, listen, they did all of the um, new edition cast the exact same way. He said they tore us to shreds when they announced us. And now they all love us because mm-hmm. people are just opinionated, especially about artists and talents that they love and that they're mm-hmm. fans of. It's like, you can't touch who I love. love, love and ladies love. and gentlemen, the talented actress, dancer, comedian, extraordinaire. She does it all. Triple threat, quadruple threat. Gabrielle Dennis joining us here on Naked. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment, connected with In a world we're vulnerable, considered weak. Come and remove the veil from entertainment's elite. It's the difference between what is real and what the public sees. So here's your favorite celebrities behind the scenes. It's refreshing, authentic, the whole story specific. Life altering events to shape the person that you hear. We got a champion and carry champion. Hey girl, you did it. It's the greatest in sports and entertainment connected with us. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion. Hey girl, you did it. We got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Naked. It is now time for our news and updates section. I just named it that because I know that after you fast forward past all of those commercials, hit forward, hit forward, hit forward. uh, You want to know what we're talking about before I introduce uh, today's guest at length. uh, I got some things I got to get off my chest. Surprise, surprise. So I'm just like, you know, tidbits and stuff. Wine and tidbits, because normally I'm drinking wine when I'm having this conversation and I am recording this part of the podcast. I like to keep you all up to date. Current affairs, the hearings, the January 6th insurrection hearings are ridiculous. And I know that it's hard to follow that because it's hours and hours of testimony and people have lives and they work. And quite frankly, if you're not interested, you're just not interested. But let me just give you a quick breakdown. In short, This fool, Donald Trump, knew exactly what he was doing. The fact that we thought January 6th happened on January 6th, well, that is a lie. That was a well-coordinated event that had been working um, through the likes of people in the White House, 
Congress and people on the ground. It was a coordinated effort. It was an event that was planned in large part to make sure that they knew, first of all, they being the insurrectionists knew the election was not rigged. Donald Trump had spread all that propaganda, told everybody that he won the election, that it was rigged, this, that, and the third. And there are people who truly, and especially to this day, believe that. But if you listen to any of the testimony, they are saying things like at the night, listen to this, the night of the election, a drunk, D-R-U-N-K, Rudy Giuliani, Rudy, former mayor Rudy Giuliani was drunk and, and, and went up to Trump and said, just, just, just declare victory. That's all you got to do. They won't push the envelope. They won't say anything. Just declare victory. What? I'm getting all upset. I'm moving my wine glass around. You might have heard that clink. And he did that. He did just that, if y'all remember. And so it began. And as a result, these people all over the world who don't want to believe that Donald Trump lost the election, geared up, geared up and went to the Capitol. And they had one thing in mind, one, overturning the results of what they thought was a bogus election, two, inciting harm to anyone who got in their way, including Vice President Pence. Now, listen to this. Oh, boy, number two in command literally was at odds with Donald Trump. Donald Trump pressured him. You know, remember that old school peer pressure like you're not going to drink? Go ahead and take this drink. You're not going to do these drugs? Go ahead and do these drugs. Donald Trump did that at every every opportunity in public behind closed doors. And then they said, when he ultimately decided, he being Pence, Vice President Pence said, listen, I am not, I don't have the authority, it's unconstitutional. I cannot say that this election was fake, a fraud. I can't do any of those things. That's just not the law of the land. He called him a bitch to his face. This, yes, yes, these are, this is the testimony. Donald Trump was like, oh, so you just being a bitch. You're not gonna help me. You're not gonna hook me up. Essentially, like he was asking for an extra glass of wine, some concert tickets. He was like, you're not going to hook me up. You're not going to hook me up like that. Well, we're talking about an election. You are asking the vice president to assume power that he does not have, but yet and still wanted to press the envelope. He wanted to push the system and pressure the system because according to people who were there that night, they believed that the Supreme Court would not push back. If Donald Trump declared himself president and if Mike Pence went along with it they were going to see how long it rocked they were going to roll with it just to roll with it with the hope that the United States Supreme Court would not push back and say this is not our territory this is something to give back to the states I'm not getting involved I mean this is crazy crazy (sighs) I digress It's crazy, though. That's what I'm getting at. It's crazy. It's crazy because the level of ineptitude, the level of dishonesty, the level of evil that man was all about. I mean, he the idea that this man could be president again one more time, knowing he's done all of these things is scary as hell. So if you are not watching the hearings, you're welcome. I'm here to help you. It's some bull. That's all it is. Quite simple. Just some bull. That man was crazy, still is crazy, and he is deranged. I'll put a pin in that because I don't want to get too political. But January 6th hearings have shown me, not even shown me, I've already known this, but there are other people who are who are saying, who are corroborating and saying this man is crazy. 
He's insane. He's lost touch with reality. The depths of depravity, what he was willing to go through to try to steal this election back. He was unhinged. I'm using words that are being used in the hearing. My thoughts are different, probably a little more lowbrow, but essentially the same idea. And then we had the NBA Finals. I transition. (laughs) Congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, They have four chips, they being Steph, Draymond, Clay, four chips. So I'm so happy for them. And I'm saying congratulations to them. And I also wanted to say that a lot of people, you know, ultimately say four, obviously the same as LeBron, right? So if we start talking about how great people are based on championships, we just think, okay, four, four, that's good. Kobe had five. He was trying to get to Jordan six. That still hasn't been done before. But if I look at this Golden State team, I could see them getting a fifth. Um, it was a beautiful championship and it was it was a beautiful series, if you ask me, because I thought, honestly, that Boston would take them to seven games. And the fact that they were able to to do it in six and then celebrate on Boston's home court, unheard of. Unheard of. I wasn't ready for that. My my close, my close dear friend, my good, good dear buddy, <laughs> Draymond, y'all gave him a hard time. And and look, rightfully so. But he showed up and he showed up in a big way. Here's the thing. When people kept saying, oh, show up. And I heard another athlete say to me, what do you mean by show up? If I can't hit the shots, I better be doing everything else. I better be getting rebounds. I better be playing the best defense of my life. I better be. I literally need to make things happen if I can't score points. I need to be a game changer. And he was able to do that these last two games. He figured it out. Um, And you all tried to give him a hard time about his podcast and all the stuff that just really doesn't matter. But he was able to figure it out. So to him, I say congratulations. I'm so, so happy for him. And I'm glad he he shut down all you haters. His his career after his career after playing basketball is going to be even more magnanimous, more monumental. He is a modern day uh, Charles Barkley in the sense of being on air. And most people don't even know what that looks like. And I tell you what. I haven't really seen what it looks like. I, I have been blessed to work with him. I did his very first TV show with him in a real way. And I said to him that night, I was like, that's it. Sky's the limit. Superstar. Don't forget the little people. <laughs> and they get into this conversation now, especially with athletes having their own podcast and having their own say, new media versus old media, new media versus old media. Uh, and I mentioned this before. New media is essentially saying, I have something to say and it doesn't need to be presented on a network that you can tune in and watch on cable. New media simply says, I'm not necessarily a trained journalist, but I do have my own opinion and I do know for a fact what I am talking about and I can share those opinions and give a different perspective. And I don't necessarily have to answer to uh, a big corporation. And there is freedom in that. So when you hear new media talk, they speak with freedom. They're, they're not worried about the repercussions. The only repercussions you got to deal with is, is Twitter, right? Black Twitter more specifically. But that's okay. So with that being said, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I think Boston is an amazing team. I thought they would push them to seven. But my biggest takeaway is while Jason Tatum is a superstar, he is a super duper duper star who is coming to LA, mark my words, he has to grow up. It's something about the finals, and you see it with every great, where they stumble before they can actually get there. Every single great has to stumble. We, it's been well documented in the last dance with Michael Jordan, well documented with Kobe and the Muse. And even when Kobe was a kid and he was playing with the Lakers, the mistakes he would make, oh my goodness, 
It's well documented. You have to stumble before you can get to that point. And that's what makes ultimately that championship that you win so much sweeter. So Jason, keep your head up. You're a super duper star. It's only a matter of time. Draymond, continue with your podcast. As you said, you're going to keep doing the podcast because you don't want to hear nobody saying you can't play well because you're doing a podcast because you can do it all. You can't tell Draymond nothing. Not a thing. I love it. All right, folks, those are my updates. January 6th, who won the NBA Finals? Just my quick hits and takeaways. Last note, Lakers in four next season. That's just a normal conversation I'll have with anybody. Today on the show, Gabrielle Dennis. She's an amazing actress. Back in the day, I'll say this. I used to have to watch black and white uh, films with my mother, Turner Classic Movies, because she loved them so much. And I would say this to my mom. Actors have to be able to sing, dance, and act. Like, you had to have, you you needed to be a triple threat back then. You couldn't have one talent. If you couldn't sing, well, ah, we can't use you. If you can't dance, ah, what are we going to do with you? Like a Fred Astaire, you know what I mean? So, when I talk to Gabrielle and I, and I learn about her background, and obviously the films that she has been able to partake in and the shows that she's been able to act in, they really do show a wide range of talent. Uh, she played Whitney Houston. Now, God bless you, because I don't want to play Whitney Houston because you know how black Twitter is and y'all mean and y'all don't want nobody to play y'all endeared, loved stars. And she was able to do that so lovingly to me with 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 so much elegance, because that is a huge role to take on. Whitney Houston is our treasure. Not only was she an American treasure, but she belonged to us. She was our black princess. And I think she handled that role with grace and dignity. And even the the pushback that she got, she was able to handle with grace and dignity. She talks about it on the podcast, what it meant to her to have that role. And she understood why there could have been criticism or why there would be criticism. Fast forward some odd years later, uh, she is entering the fourth season of a Black Lady sketch show produced by the great Robin Thede, uh, directed by her written by her, created by her. Robin is a a triple threat in her own right, probably a threat in every aspect because she's so talented in front of the camera and behind the scenes. And if you haven't watched Black Lady Sketch Show, I think you should because you're missing out on some real pure comedy and just genius, just just sheer genius if you pay attention. It's one of those shows that you can't watch while being on your phone. I look for TV shows like that. You can't watch the show and be on your phone, right? And so with that being said, her and I were able to, to to work together. I think last year, she corrected me. I had a scene in Black Lady Sketch Show, which I thought was hilarious because I am not an actress and I cringe every time I see it. But her and I were able to share some camera time together. And watching the professionals do it, you're like, got it. I see why I don't do it. <laughs> Without further ado, fast forward, fast forward, because I know y'all don't want to hear these commercials. Uh, welcome. We don't have any commercials though right now. No commercials right now. Keep it here. Gabrielle Dennis. Okay. I think first and foremost, um, I'm just going through my, where do I even begin? There's just so much. Where do we begin? Um, first and foremost, by way of background, um, when I did, um, Black Lady Sketch Show earlier this I guess it was earlier this year. I'm not, I am not. can't quite remember what it was. It was last year we filmed it. Did we film it last year? Last fall, yep. Are you sure? Oh, it was. Yeah. You're right. God, I, yeah, we wrapped three days before Christmas. You're right. 
Time flies. <laughs> and the entire cast was so kind, kind, sweet and beautiful and amazing, yourself included. And I was so happy to see you all in your element. And I just thought two things that I've noticed about you when I was doing some of my research. I, I was able to notice that you have a lot of range. As an actress, you have range. <laughs> some of us can only, you know what I'm talking about. There's some of, not even us, some actors can only do one role, like one thing. They do one thing well and that's what they do and they live there, which is fine mm-hmm. um, because if that gets the bills paid and your success, great. Hello. I'm, not, I'm not mad at that. <laughs> but when did you know that you wanted to do more, that you wanted to be performing, that you had this talent as an actress and that you were able to affect people with your talent? I just, I went to performing arts school when I was younger and I was one of those kids who was always performing in some capacity, singing, dancing, you know, drama, acting, all of that. And I remember at a young age, looking up to the likes of like a Jamie Foxx has always been on my radar as like, he to me represents the epitome of being the ultimate entertainer because no one's allowed him to be in one box. Like you would think because he started off in stand-up comedy and started off in sketch. But then he went to have his own sitcom and then he's done, you know, huge, huge theater. He's done music. He's done it all. And I come from that training where you had to be a triple threat to even like attend this uh, performing arts school. Right. So we were we were expected to be able to have multiple uh, disciplines. So it's just kind of jumping out there, like with the comedy that I tried when I first got to L.A. and then a lot of the auditions. I think a lot of it had to do with just like as a black woman, that was what the roles were for. A lot of it was you're the best friend. You're the, you know, you fit in these certain categories. And then as the uh, industry has has started opening up, because what's amazing now, I look to my left and my right, all of my friends are working, okay? <laughs> Everybody's working. We're not all clawing at the same seven roles and 10 films, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it lends itself to the opportunities I've had to jump out there and to not be afraid and to just go for it. Because as an artist, you're trained in all aspects. I can jump up and do like some Shakespeare if I needed to, Mm -hmm. but you're not always given the opportunity to perform those, especially as a minority actor. Right. Um, So I think a lot of that just came from over the years. And a lot of people have been noticing that and just saying like, yo girl, you got range because we've had the chance to see you in something as broad as sketch comedy. And then something as maybe serious as like a Luke Cage or, you know, yeah. playing Whitney Houston or whatever. So, um, I have been blessed. I know it is a blessing. I do not take it for granted. And, um, I just try to make sure that I give my best to each role, um, and whatever it takes. And, and I, I prayed about doing some comedy because I was like, what y'all not going to do is pigeonhole me and just have me doing all of the dramas. We're not going to do all of the festivities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to laugh. I like to yeah. laugh. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting that you say Jamie Foxx because I have Brisha on the podcast and she said the same thing. Oh, everybody be biting me now. You know, I've been saying that for years on season. Okay, she, 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 she must have like stole that from you. Him. Well, she's actually had a chance to work with Jamie Foxx. She knows Jamie Foxx. I would have never... I would think, and this is what I am encouraged by, I would think that it would be a particular woman that you 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 saw and you said. Yeah, there's that's definitely a lot of women that I find, you know, growing up that were inspirational. But, you know, just like Risha, she's a singer, dancer, actor as well. So that's why somebody like a Jamie Foxx. And again, it goes back to a man getting a different opportunity than a woman will get. So a lot of my comedic, you know, role models are men. 
because that's just how the game right. rolls, right? You know what I mean? You're Even right. when you look at the likes of like all of the sketch comedy uh, shows that, you know, you try to go back and say, who were my inspirations? And of course, the amazing Kim Wayans. But then on that list, you've got them to the whole cast of, you know, and Living Color. Yeah. And it's it's majority men. Yeah. Um, so with the exception of like, you know, your Whoopi Goldbergs who like kicked down the door and she was able, that's another person who was able to do drama like a little color purple and then go out and do sister act and be amazing at it. So like Whoopi Goldberg is also like, she's up there. She just doesn't sing that I know of. <laughs> now, wait, cause you're blowing my mind and I'm not, I, and, and by, as you well know, I'm no actress. So in my, in my world, I'm looking and you're correct. They give the men, black men specifically, those opportunities to live in these worlds because maybe they don't think black women can do that. Because I think of a lot of comedic white actresses who can do drama and then do comedy. I think of uh, a Sandra Bullock. I think of... Mm-hmm. Um, Love her. Yeah. Uh, you know, not so much as Jennifer Aniston. She lives in the rom-com space. Maybe if I'm wrong or not, but I'm thinking about that. She, I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't mind giving her that role. Julia Roberts. Julia. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I... I want to see I what is our black version of Julia Roberts or Sandra Bullock as a black me? woman? <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Um, but no, seriously, no, like, you're not teasing. We claim models. it. But again, those are my role models. A lot of them did not look like me. They mm. were either white women, white men or black men. Right. As far as the masses. Again, yeah. you can pluck out a few like, a you know, like I said, the ultimate who is Whoopi Goldberg, but then we'd skip another five or 10 years till you get another someone's even close to that. Right. Um, so you don't notice and pay that attention until like you're really studying your craft and you're in it and and you're out supporting your peers. And I remember, what was it? It was like inception. It was one of those movies I was watching and there was a scene where they were kind of floating in the, in the, in the hallway. And it was just like, yo, this movie is so bananas. I will never get, my, and the thing was, I was watching thinking, I will never get an opportunity to do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is exclusive to that club of, you know, that mm. type of an actor. Mm. So mm. I feel like luckily, like I said, the industry has yeah. paid attention to not just putting us in front of the camera, but also behind the camera, because that's where it starts. How could a white and why would a white male, I expect him to be able to tell my story. Mm-hmm. We need us in the room. And that's what's so amazing about our, you know, for shows like our sketch show, like we are fully represented. And it's such a beautiful thing to see. So I want to go back. You went to a performing arts school, you said, but then you also graduated with honors from Howard's, right? From Howard University? I did. I did. So you, when you, did you ever hesitate in deciding what school you wanted to go to based on the type of work you wanted to get? Not at all. I always I knew that. I wanted to go to an H, um, HSBCU and um, uh, a HBCU. What did I just say? I'm mixing my bank up with, you know, <laughs> <laughs> all the same. <laughs> he was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, I, I, I knew what you were saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've always wanted to go to an HBCU and yeah. when the opportunity came. I was like, I'm out of here. And I actually had a partial scholarship to Ohio State. Okay. But I, was like, I wanted to get out of the state of Ohio and, right. and spread my wings, right? It was just kind of like culturally, I felt like I needed that. And when I went to D.C., I felt like it was an amazing experience. and It was the right decision. Right. Not only just the campus itself of being able to walk around and see these beautiful black men and women just owning 
their dreadlocks, their natural hair, yes. their style, their swag, their their voice, yeah. their whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and seeing the the diversity, the yes. the diaspora of uh, blackness yes. on one campus, <laughs> and then being able to step out in a city like DC and being able to go to like a U Street or a 16th Street or whatever and like get this cultural experience of different foods and people. And growing up in the Midwest, it was like black and white. That's all we had. And That's it was it. like anything else, you know? So it was it was just great to kind of get out and see the world in a different way. And I think as an artist, I needed that. Like I need to I observe people. I, you know, I take all of that information in. I feel like every experience in your life, at least as an actor, I feel like because I, I, that's the only thing I can speak on. Yeah, it, 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 it goes into the threads and the fibers of who you are and you you're able to pull from that in some way. And had I stayed in one city in one state my entire life, for one, it would be pretty damn hard to get a career that, you know, all the jobs are on the East and West coast, but, um, I would have less experiences because I'd have lived less life potentially, you know? Yeah. And, and I, what I always admire because you have to have some type of, not even some type, a very strong intestinal fortitude is the word that I'll use when you decide that acting is what I want to do especially when you move to LA, because everybody's an actor. You know, if they're waiting on you, they're an actor, right? There's just, this, you know, that cliche, well, wait, oh, you're like, oh, I'm an actor. What restaurant do you work at? Yeah. And, and you see people kind of when they don't know what you do or they haven't seen you anything, they kind of glaze over and that can affect your spirit and that can affect your self-esteem. And, and do I really want to do this? Because there's probably more and you have been blessed, but there's probably more no's and yeses or you probably oh, yeah. You probably missed out on roles that you knew were yours and should have been yours, but was given to someone else. When you first and, got going, what are you going to say? And I'll say this. Any role that I didn't get, it wasn't for me. Amen. It took a moment to get there. Because yeah. we'll say these little quotes and these little sayings that make us feel good. But I remember the moment I booked Rosewood and the flood of emotions that went over me. One, I was done with pilot season, honey. I didn't have to go out for another single audition. <laughs> Uh, but two, it hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, because I had tests for so many other shows yeah. that same, like within that same week or two. Yeah. And it hit me. I said, oh, this was my, this had mine. That was yours. Them other ones, they just weren't for me. That wasn't yours. And that's why I tell actors all the time, when you go into an audition, win the room. Fuck the role, win the room. Uh-huh. Oops, can I pass? Sorry. You, you can. Um, yes, you can. Absolutely. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you want to win the room because your your job is to go in there and perform and make fans of the, the casting directors, the producers, the directors who's ever watching that. Because in case that role is not for you, you still got to show up and do your job. That's right. And, and you want them to work and find what is right for you eventually. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to have that reputation of being the actor that always goes in, shows up and shows out. And if you don't feel that you can do the justice, say no. There's mm-hmm. power in saying no, first of all. Mm-hmm. And also your first impression, you never get that back. So if you wasn't ready, don't do that. Mm-hmm. I, did, you, I, did, I did that before. I wasn't quite ready. But you say you, and then you say that though. But you say that though. How I don't. I need you. Someone's listening, and they want to be an actress. Mm-hmm. How do you continue to get up? I mean, I know how I do it, but how do you do it? Because walking into a room, trying to win over a room, and then sometimes you know how these casting directors can be just stone faced. They already got whoever they want. They just be like, whatever. And you go in and you show up every single day. Before you were like, you know, getting the roles that you wanted or getting the roles that showcased who you were and, and had a name, 
How do you keep, and that was a question, how do you keep your spirits up? How do you believe in yourself when you don't, when sometimes it's just you believing in yourself and no one else? And, and that's all it has to be. And it's, it, it sounds cliche, like you have to believe in yourself first before anybody else can pay you attention. So you go in those rooms and you demand said attention by doing the work. The work speaks louder than the wig you put on, the color <laughs> lipstick, whatever outfit you took 17 uh, you know, hours figuring out the night before. Like, what am I going to wear? How am I going to look? Fuck off. Do you know your lines? Yeah. Are you off book? Okay. Do you lock eyes with the camera and the casting director and stay in the zone? Like, mm-hmm. so sometimes we get lost in things that are less important because we're mm-hmm. trying to think that a lot of this stuff is important. At the end of the day, it's the work, right? So at the end of the day, I say, believe in yourself. You have to be your number one fan. You have to be your number one supporter. You have to be your number one uh, hype man or woman. And you also have to be the number one person that's going to pull your coattails when you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Because we know when we're lacking, we know we can do better. We know we can train more, study harder, mm-hmm. uh, get more rest, yes. uh, not yes. be out at the clubs. I yes. didn't go to LA to make friends. You're right. I didn't. I've been blessed that I know a lot of amazing talent out mm-hmm. here, but that wasn't my goal. Mm-hmm. My goal was to go and find the work and spend every other minute and moment and day that had nothing to do with surviving, studying my craft and being better at it. Even if you can't afford to go in acting class, you can afford a Netflix, well, maybe not anymore. They're a little more expensive, but um, <laughs> you might steal somebody's password before they send everybody to jail. Girl. Um, you, <laughs> just watch I, By the way, I just tied the side out. When I logged in the other day, they were like, so do you agree to this upgrade of fifteen ninety nine? I was like, I don't. I just said no, just on GP, just to say no. I don't agree to the upgrade. And okay, then what did they What happened? They, they, they kept me in. They, then, then, the, then my TV or whatever show I was watching just became pixelated. I was like, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving you my extra $2. I just, I'm on principle. Yeah, they were like, we're going to give you that. Yeah. <laughs> Unless on you principle. think about your choices. <laughs> on principle. Yeah, okay. Everything that you're saying, and then I I I hear you and believe you and already, I and I know people are watching like, well, bitch, of course you are. You you're saying that because you are where you are. But I I wasn't always here, and I still feel like I'm still not a name. I'm I'm not big enough of a talent because I'm up against I, I don't I don't have a baby by nobody important. I don't I'm not married to nobody important. I'm not besties with nobody like, you know what I mean? I'm not in the tabloids. Like I am Don't you hate that? I hate I'm that part. Mind your business. Okay. But by the way, girl, who all gonna be there? They that was invented by me. I am been on my who all gonna be there. And even in my business, I notice how everybody gets put on by being friends with rappers or the famous people. And I'm all like, I don't, I don't want to be famous friends with nobody unless I really like you. I really don't. I don't, I have no, not that I dislike you. I just, I don't choose to do that. So things may take longer, right? Things might move. For sure. Things may not move as quick as you want them to move. And then you have these moments of heartbreak that make you think, should I be doing that? Tell me about thus far, right? Because it could be others. But a heartbreaking moment for you as an actress when you were like, this game got me fucked up. I will say one of the more recent ones was when Luke Cage got canceled. Because mm. it was on my birthday. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, I got the hair, the makeup, the outfit, friends waiting. And I got the call and they were like, yeah, I'm so sorry. It's not moving forward. Da, 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 da. And I was like, but wait, I just had a conversation literally the day before about how amazing the scripts are, about how my character was going to flourish, basically be like one of the villains in the next season. So 
they did a good job of like, you know, molding me and slow walking my character to that pivotal, you know, climax. And then season, my next season, I was ready to be like in the Marvel universe, you know? And when they were snatched under my rug, I put under my rug, under my, the rug under my feet on my birthday. I was like, rude. But, <laughs> but I thank God that I have such amazing friends who are also in the industry who were like, no, you should still come out. You still have plenty of other, other things to celebrate. And mm-hmm. just being around that love and that energy just kind of helped me get over that quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also sometimes when you're down, those lows make you more determined mm-hmm. to be like, what y'all not going to do is keep me here. Mm. You know, and I feel like sometimes those no's, especially the ones that are hard, yeah, click something in you clicks, right? Yeah. And it just feels like yeah. it makes you either decide, yeah, ask this question like, am I doing the right thing? Does am I, is this right for me? To for some people, I'm I'm gonna be honest, it might not be, and it's okay. It is okay to say because I always tell people move, move to New York, move to LA, move to Atlanta, whatever. Worst case. Move your ass back where you came from. If it doesn't work, it's no different if you try to career in anything else. You know what I mean? Why do we put so much pressure? Like, yo, we are not, you know, creating the cure for cancer as actors and in this business. We mm-hmm. are helping people get through life, you know, and bring joy in that way. But at the end of the day, yo, like, we put too much pressure on this. It's work. Mm-hmm. I look at my job as a, not a nine to five, because I wish it was that easy, but, you know. Uh, Y'all be out there. I see you actors. PM, you know, but fourteen um, hour y'all. I mean, fourteen hour days. Oh, yeah. so I'm like, how y'all do that? Good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also feel like for me, it helps me stay grounded. Like okay. I look at it as just a freaking job. It pays the bills, and I don't, I don't hold it any higher regard than any of the other careers that I had. You know, mm. prior to landing here. Yeah. Um, because it's something that I love to do, and there's other things that I would love to do. And if I if I fall into that. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be good at. It. I'm gonna be great at that too. Because the the jo- the the whole point is finding the joy. What else? I'm sorry. I thought I lost you. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm here because I was. Really, I didn't want to interrupt because you said there are other things you wanted to do. What else do you want to do? Oh, like I want to do creative. Like I want to get in the creative space. Yeah. Um, writing, directing, uh, producing, and all of those things. Not did like a little here and there, but. That is the next wave that I would like to, as an artist, to feel fulfilled in that way. Um, I think I've hung up my hat on the singing thing. <laughs> Why? Honestly, the music industry is just wild. Like, okay. I've, I've had my toe in it for a little bit. As I've been in two different music uh, singing groups, one in Maryland, one here. And it just, it's hard. It's a hard, hard game. And, and just the sheer makeup of how the music industry is set up. Now, I would say it's probably easier now because people value and appreciate independent artists in a way that they didn't before 10, 15 mm-hmm. years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So I think now, like, you not being on a major label is cute. Like, sometimes yeah. that's even, like, people are, ooh, you know. But um, I feel like the music industry will, my experience felt like, from the things I observed, will eat you alive way quicker and faster and harder than my industry. Mm. And some things I saw that just didn't really jive with my my core values, my core being, my core essence of like sanity. <laughs> of what so you mean? Yeah. I wasn't really willing to sacrifice uh, and compromise, you know? All right. This is the time where you can press fast forward like maybe four or five times or taking a quick commercial break. Gabrielle Dennis on the other side. Every champion in 
carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment. Connected with. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Welcome back to Naked. We have more Gabrielle Dennis. A lot of people, when I when I hear you say that, I think, and you talked about now being a triple threat or having more talents. I'm a fan of old movies. I know you are. But when I used to, you can still watch Turner Classic Movies, right? You can still watch TCM. And that's what I, my mom used to watch all the time. So I used to watch these, these movies. And the actors, one, belonged to studios, right? Were property of said studio. But then 
but they all had to sing and dance and act like it wasn't an option. And if you really wanted to be considered a value, then it then it changed. Right. That And by the way, that wave is still not necessarily here. So when I hear you say that you have all of these talents, you refer back to Jamie Foxx, like true renaissance. That helps, I think, you as an, a talent reinvent yourself over and over and over again. And I see so many people not able to do that. You went from playing Whitney Houston, may she rest in peace, I love her, to being on a Black Lady Sketch show with so much in between, right? So much, so much texture in your roles in between. How, Whitney, talk to me about the pressure of playing that role and what you felt the reception was. Well, there was a lot of pressure. Not that anyone was putting it on me, but just as an artist and I hate, I'm not a perfectionist, but I do try my hardest because I feel like perfection is just, you. that's unachievable. But the call, the moment I got that call, right? I'm at an open house. It's a Saturday. This is all beautiful out Sunday, California. The director calls. He's like, hey, you know, you got the job. How would you look, think, feel about coming to Atlanta and play on Whitney? <gasps> of course, you know, try to keep a class. I think I did scream in his ear. And I was just like, yes, I would love this. And instantly when I hung up the phone, like, it hit me like, oh, I'm going to play Whitney. And the fact that that was a Saturday and I was in Atlanta that following Monday, like it was so quick. And Crazy. having a conversation with the director and just being like, so we really want to keep her grounded and like show the world that's not the, this elevated Whitney that we all, we all know Whitney Houston megastar, right? Right. Nobody can say that they understand that experience because no one other than Whitney has lived that. Correct. But if we break down all of the glam and, you know, the makeup, when he said, I said, who ain't wearing, who not wearing no makeup? Me? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're right. You're right. Um, but wait a second. So they told you you couldn't wear makeup? Well, they there were times I had makeup on. Yes. But like there were times that I didn't. And the yeah. whole goal was to just strip her of of the, the public persona. Right. Mm -hmm. To make her feel a little more connected to you as the audience, as a mother. Okay. As, a, as a spouse, as someone. I always felt like she was real as I'll get out. No. I always, I never felt, and yes, she is a super, she was the realest superstar, megastar that I've ever seen. I've never seen anybody. I felt like that's why we loved her so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, can't, I can't, I can't hear Whitney song the same anymore. Never. Like I prayed about that woman, about her family so much that that whole process. Mm -hmm. um, but I had a sigh of relief the night, the night it aired our first night. We were at the BET offices in LA and we were doing live tweeting from there. So it's, you know, the cast, Bobby's there, you know, BT execs and the director. And I'm, I'm in the corner because I am terrified of black Twitter. Like I thought it's the worst I place in the universe. I said tonight a bitch works or tonight a bitch career ends, right? So, <laughs> so I was in the big like trying to Wait, can we take a moment to talk about how black Twitter? Remember, because Black Twitter was killing everybody for such a long time when BET was doing, our Lifetime was doing those movies too. Yeah. You remember? Yeah. Yes. I was like, you can't, I mean, I have been a victim. Because they were already dragging me when they announced, when they announced who was playing Whitney, I got drunk. They called me, she ain't pretty enough to play Whitney. Who this bitch? Why her? La la la. Y'all know wasn't available? It's like cold all place. of this, right? It's a cold and place. Cold, cold place. And then I was, I felt, I felt away because we were filming. We were like on date. We were in week one when they announced it. 
And I, I was like, I don't need to see her reading that. And Woody, he, so, so he was like, listen, they did all of the um, new edition cast the exact same way. He said they tore us to shreds when they announced this. And now they all love us because mm-hmm. people are just opinionated, especially about artists and talents that they love and that they're mm-hmm. fans of. It's like, you can't touch who I love. Don't touch who I love, right? Correct. So it just was yeah. such a sigh of relief the night when all of the love was just pouring in and people were like, oh, she did that. She's nailing it. La, 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 la. And I know it seems so superficial and like whatever to to live on what other people say, but that's a part of my job. It's like, if y'all hated it, do I work again? You but know? also too, though, you were given a very precious role. We love our Whitney. We protect him no matter what she went to, through and no matter who people say she might have been. We love and we are also culturally as a culture obsessed with her. I don't remember the last time someone died and it was on, it was streaming on a news service. It was streaming live on CNN. They had my homegirl Soledad O'Brien, who I've never met, but just love her in general, going live from the funeral. She was something that meant everything to everyone. So I understand why you were like, I'm going to be working or I'm not going to be working. Because that yeah. was a, it, it was a moment. It was a real moment. Yeah. I mean, Whitney still trends a couple of times a month in 2022. So. <laughs> Hi. Hi. so so when you get all the love and it's not superficial, it's it's like, OK, I did that. I did her right. I did her right. You it, yeah. it, and it's that was a, really what I, I just wanted yeah. to feel like there was love and respect in the part, in the role, in the whole thing. And, and I didn't want it to feel in, in any way gross or like. We were poking fun in any way because there was mad respect on set for Whitney. What did you feel that you learned about her that you don't think most people knew playing that character? Uh, first of all, she went through a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So what I would say is Whitney was strong. Whitney was a lot stronger than I think a lot of people give her credit for. Hmm. People like to end her legacy at she was addicted to drugs. I'm sorry. Whitney lived life. She went through a lot of things and thank gosh, social media didn't exist the way it did back then. Well, I I, I don't know what's worth that or the tabloids back in the days, but a lot of people, that's all they knew was what was in the tabloids. But Whitney was a very, very strong, strong and loving person um, from the things I've heard about from people, you know, that knew her and my research and seeing some of her interviews. And um, because I'm not the type of person really dives into like, uh, stars' lives. So that was really an experience for me to like go through and feel like I was peeking in her life and just being like, you know, an observer of that. Mm-hmm. And she was so funny. She mm-hmm. was so, I think most people know that though. She was hysterical. Mm-hmm. She, she just had personality for days and she can give you a cute little read and you may or may not even have noticed. <laughs> Real talk. She lets you have it. Yeah. And she was just so damn real. Like there's so nothing... Real. There's nothing about her that felt fake to me. I hated to watch and tell me what you thought this was. Why do you think drugs became such an issue for her? Because she was trying to numb the pain and all that she went through? I don't know. I'm asking. Um, it, it could have been because when you look at the timeline of, and as far as the public information, there was a lot of, again, this young girl was thrust into spotlight. She was the first of her kind in that yeah. way, being in this, this space so quickly, so worldwide, so all of these things as like a solo artist, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when she got, I uh, forget which award show, was it Soul Train Awards? And when Black people booed her, like like you said, Whitney's was real, was like, yo, but I'm, I'm one of y'all, how dare, what? 
Like, yeah. imagine how that feels. That's like basically mm-hmm. being on Black Twitter and everybody's mm-hmm. just trolling, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like how that makes her feel. So when you go talk about like the pain, I feel like she experienced a lot of pain that was new to her, right? That And she had no one to go to really to understand that because mm-hmm. again, she was one Whitney. So the things that she was going through weren't things that any of the rest of us could really tangibly say, I understand that to the mm-hmm. fullest. Mm-hmm. So we, a lot of times put a lot of um, pressure and expectations on stars, especially someone that's on a pedestal that high that we can give them no room to fall from grace because mm-hmm. it's impossible to just live up to a lot of that. And, mm-hmm. and then when you think about it, like the industry, again, the music industry, all the stuff that goes on, like you think Whitney was the first person to do drugs, that no. they did, you know? So, um, and actually you look at all of those old movies, you know, a lot of the tales, telltale signs are the, 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 the warning movies about like all of these starlets or, you know, music groups and yeah. what was their downfall usually mm-hmm. drugs, the money on ego. So, mm-hmm. so you, yeah. you did that role so very well. And I, and out of respect, I know you, you have your own thoughts and I love that you are being very honest about what we didn't know. And she probably was far stronger than you're right than ever. I also feel like <sighs> it was a release of her pain because I didn't want to see her. She was, Mabu Oprah described her as America's princess. Like she was ours when she did the national anthem. Girl, you did that though. Let's just talk about that for a second. You did that. And I, I want to tell you it's a compliment and I hope you receive it that way that I forgot. I was like, she has... Really, in every role you own is different, and and I'm and like a Meryl Streep, like mm. I don't know who Meryl is in every role. You know mm. what I mean? I'm not like, okay, is she a nun? Is she the meat? Is she Anna Wintour? Is she, you know what? You know, she has, she owns every role, and you forget what she was in the last role. You're like, she did do that. You know the classic. You're like, she did do that. I forgot that. That was my shit. I love that. That's how I how I see you. And that is such a rare gift. Where does that come from? That's nothing but God. Like, Amen. I can't really take credit for that. Whatever that light that shines in me, um, those talents, I didn't, I didn't wake up in, 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 in preschool and go to like the little crayon, the little uh, toy box and be like, I want a little singing. I want a little dance. Put this in my book bag. Let me just, you know, like I didn't have any say in that. It just kind of, I, I, I am so blessed to know. And I know that I'm very fortunate in this way. Like people think fortune riches. Da, da, da. I am fortunate to know that at a young age, what I had a passion for and what mm-hmm. I loved because I knew where to focus my attention on very early on. Um, and it's so hard to get lost in life, you know, when we can't figure it out. But when you have something that you can, you know, like one little kernel of hope. Yeah. Where um, you, what, what you believe in, what you know is true. Yeah. And I feel like when you find that, um, and you can sometimes that can change, but you just need something that keeps you focused on being a better person than you were yesterday to being a more successful person than you were yesterday. And success isn't all about money. I don't, that's not what I'm referring to at all. Success and how are, you, are your relationships healthier? Is your, is your self worth feel better than it did before? Um, I feel like we, I'm, I mean, shout out to all the, the, the musicians who like are these badass women who have helped 
tell a new, retell a story of women empowerment through music, right? Where we're mm-hmm. no longer just relying on like all the rap mm-hmm. music back mm-hmm. in the 90s, which, mm-hmm. you know, I was definitely dancing to it, right? Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> same. Let's, yeah. let's be very clear. But also some of those messages, for some of us, it went over. It was about the music, it was about the time, whatever. But then some people really embedded some of those words and those meanings and devaluing their worth. But it's, 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 uh, <laughs> Cat Williams William is like, it's about self-worth, bitch. You got to have worth and self. Quit putting, le- allowing other people to determine to your value. Your value. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is an easy thing to say. It is not an easy thing to do, mm-hmm. but you got to start thinking that way. That way your actions eventually will align with your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, you mentioned Kat. When he was on the podcast, he sure has evolved. That you know, He has, from from being the pimp to the guy who's now fighting for Black women and saying we need to love our women more and value them more. You're right about the self-worth. I, I and, and, and I'll just use that word for the moment, evolve. Mm-hmm. So you're on Black Lady Sketch Show. And, I, and I've seen you play different roles and they're all very funny and also very like sometimes y'all ad lib sometimes it's the line sometimes mm-hmm. y'all throw whatever like the behind the scenes of it is genius and a shout out I mean just can we just shout out Robin for a minute and how can we her, I would not have been on that show there isn't a cast of, well there may be two cast directors in town but the average cast member would have never thought of me to yeah. especially at that time like you said yeah. I had just finished doing Whitney Houston yeah. I had just um, finished doing uh, Luke Cage and then prior to that, I was doing Rosewood. So no one was really checking me for like mm-hmm. comedy, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the only, when Robin texted me and was like, girl, I'm working on this, you know, sketch comedy show. What you think about being involved? Blah, 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 blah. It's for HBO. Let me know if you are. Yes, I'm interested. What you mean? Pick up the phone, girl. Hey, it's me. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. And I was just, I'm just so proud of, of, and I hate to say proud of people like I had anything to do with it, but like, I'm so happy for the the journey that she's been able to take because she knew me back when I was doing just stand-up comedy and out in these streets and like, you know, on the grind. And to see her go from that to where she is now and the mutual respect mm-hmm. to artists that we, we started grinding, you know, together in a way. And for her to call me and say, Gabrielle, you are so funny. And I have been mm-hmm. following your career and it baffles my mind that no one has tapped into how funny you are like mm-hmm. i remember your stand-up comedy like i remember you making me laugh and people need to see you be funny mm-hmm. please come play on my show let's do it girl and and listen to the sisterhood you talk about robin is so hands-on but still so at least from what i can see is still so carefree about a lot of things and she wants you to shine and she's like, I wrote to Carrie High, I wrote something for y'all. Come on in. Y'all got you, you, and then I got some for Jamal. It's called I wrote something for everybody. Like she just calls everybody. She remember and I'm just like, look at that beautiful mind that she has. And I love that she went back and found you because in my industry, and I'm sure in yours too, but so many people have that crab in a barrel mentality and they don't want to see you win. And she's like, No, that's absolutely what I even for us. Like she's like, I want to see y'all win. Let, let me tell work on this. You know, my point is is that I don't see that that often. And the sisterhood that I saw on the show was really special. And I and I and look, I don't know the behind the scenes. I know work is work, but it was beautiful to see a group of black women supporting one another and and loving one another. And, and that's not, one of my favorite things. Ain't it? <laughs> is women supporting I mean, women. And I've been very blessed in my business to, you have? to to be surround like most of the women that I know, I haven't experienced personally, I haven't experienced any cattiness. I haven't experienced mm. any like 
Good for you. Feeling of backstabbing or like, you know, competition in that way, healthy competition, but not in a way of like feeling like, uh, like I don't like this girl because that the day every time I go to audition, she there. My whole mentality when I go to auditions is like, girl, I'm so happy to see you because if it's not me, it's you. One of us. One of us go get it. It was all these black women testing for SNL. And I was like, oh, bucket list check. And I was, I was walking around backstage. This was back when the, the flip cam was out. And I was, you know, doing interviews with everybody, just having a good old time. And the producer was so, they were like, we don't understand. He was like, no, normally people go to their dressing rooms and they stay there to lick their time. They hate the competition. They don't want to see the competition. But I was like, for me, this was a celebration. Like, Keenan um thompson had had spoke loudly on the fact that black women weren't being represented on that show mm-hmm. and there was there was a, mo- a moment and you know so many of, of us were caught out to test for that and to me it was just a joy to just be testing for it mm-hmm. i was like this is fun like this is something mm-hmm. I, that was on my bucket list was to test for snl and then cut to 10 years or well it's 10 years i don't know how many years ago that was but like now i i'm on well not my own schedule but like i'm on the schedule that is doing, that's probably, I'd work more and get more opportunities and get to spread my wings more on this show than I would have ever been able to. Want that is a, Just from the sheer nature of how the show is set up. That is a, a fact. Cast, there's quicker turnaround. Um, and, you know, our show, we shoot our show like individual short films. So we take a lot of time and energy yeah. in crafting these beautifully yeah. produced amazing production value and all of that. And I, I, I'll second. I know you have. No, that. no. I love that. you, But because people don't know that's what happens. And and it's interesting. You say, like, we need more Black women. And and by the way, you know, I'm I'm Malcolm X at. So, you know, I, I still feel like it's not enough of us. Like, I don't, I need more, more Black lady sketch shows. I need more of us in every role. I need to see it all the time. And I need to see, because you said earlier, most of my friends, if not all my friends are working. And that's a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful thing. You know what I've noticed in my trend for my friends, not only are they working, people, we're all producing. We all have our own businesses. We all own our, I own my podcast. We all own our own things, right? Although I'm distributing it through a, a, a network, but I can take this and say, okay, I'm taking this and moving you. It's mine. This is my content. I created it. I think the fact that we are moving in that space, I mean, we are black women. I could praise us all day, but we moving and we are doing it in so many different levels and we're bringing everybody along. And that was the love that I wanted to give to Robin because we, there is a new generation where it's not like it's, it can only be one. When I was, when I was coming up, I used to go up to black women who were anchors, news anchors all the time and be like, can you help me? And they'd be like, Phew. Yeah. And I'm friends with some of them today. I'm friendly, rather. But I know that they felt like there could only be one. And we don't believe in that. And so I see you evolve, the word that I come back to for the day. And I wonder, and this is such a hard question to ask you, because it's probably double-fold. What's the, not necessarily dream role, but what's the what's next where you find yourself? Because I'm looking at you right now, and again, Evolve, I've seen you in so many aspects on Black Ladies, on the Black Ladies Sketch Show, and then I see you now in this beautiful, like, done up, glamorous, like, oh, I'm like, my baby is fine. I was like, she should be, <laughs> I should, she, what are we doing? What are we doing next? What, what else is in the portfolio for you? And you're like, yeah, I want to be creative, as you said, 
But what's the acting role? Where do you see yourself flourishing? What role did someone have and you're like, I will body that when we do the sequel. I will body that. I could have bodied that, but I'm going to do something different than that. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, people wish they're always teasing about, well, not teasing. I see, like someone just posted the other day, like people really wanted to see Tilda Johnson, the character I played, uh, who was Nightshade, like in the MCU universe, like, but the film, the cinematic. So yeah. I was like, that would be great to be in like the Black Panther universe. Uh, um, yes, I was you hoping you'd like, say that. Action. Yes, I can still watch a movie. I can still movie. Yes, yes. I would love to do some action like that. Yes, I can see you kicking everybody's ass. Yes, yeah. yes. So I was just like, I'll just have to create. Lauren Croft, Tomb Raider is you. Like you know what I mean? Just the newer. That's you. That's what I see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's very sweet. Thank you. Oh, no, it's um, obvious. And I just, I mean, congratulations to you and your team and your gals all like doing what you're doing and not mm. staying in one lane. Mm. And you know where that comes from. And I can't speak for you all, but for me, it's being inspired, like hearing your story, watching Robin. Um, and mm. again, everywhere I turn, you got Quinta, Ashley, Nicole, Black, like everybody's creating acting, doing multifaceted things because we are now in a position that we dare to think we can. No, amen. Say, that again. That, Say that again. Say that again. We are in a position what? Because I want to get that. I want to get that. Where we, we are now in a position where we dare to think that we can do it. Amen. That we are dare to know that we can. Yeah. And ain't nobody going to stop us yeah. no matter how hard we got to get to the finish line. Yes, it will be hard, but I feel like there was a time like you know, there's certain things that my mom's generation would be like, what are you doing? Like you're and then her mom's generation is like, oh, that's a man's world there. Like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. but now so many strings have been cut and snipped and where we're like, we're not playing this puppet of like this old school modern woman where we're we dare to feel like we're equal and we can do the work. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a beautiful thing, like I said, to just see people working and also when you think about going back to like Robin, when you say for her to like call you, and half the ninety percent of people on the show is probably because of her relationships. Yeah, rela- she just calls that everybody. Smart, That's why she's so dope. That's yeah. a smart businesswoman because mm-hmm. even though our relationship started ten years prior, she had the wherewithal to know one day this show was going to exist, and she's tabulating people she wants to work with. So that was my audition. So smart. So, in that first year I met her. So and that girl, I should always tell people, you never know who's watching. So always, always stay on your P's and Q's. Always. And, um, and build, foster relationships, even if they're not, you know, over the top and like trying to like go out to lunch and like do all of those things, but like be a real person. Correct. Be a present real person. Because right. We don't always have to have, we don't always have to have lunch, but you are correct. We can, if, when we, when we interact and I interact with you, and you feel the vibes, you're like, I got it. Like, yeah. real recognizes real. Like, yeah. the people who get it, will it, it matters to them, and it's all good. You are so right about that. I, okay, look, I know you got to go. I'm, I, it's almost wrapping up my hour. I just ran my mouth. Okay, so this is something I wanted to ask, because I yeah. struggle with this. How do you determine, especially now that you're in the public spotlight, like, people know you, like, and 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 by know you, I'm like, if you walk down the street and you, you just, having some ice cream and kicking cans, somebody's going to be like, girl, I love you. And I want to see, like, someone's going to say that to you. You know what I mean? You know that and there are other... Well, as a general public, if you see me walking down the street, I probably got on two masks, a face shield, and I want you to keep your ass the fuck away from me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to 
scary ice cream because it helps create mucus and I'm not trying to have the how did you how did you film that show and you're a germaphobe? Ma'am. How did you do so, that? Well, thank gosh to our mama bear, uh Robin Thede, who like luckily my rest of my class, they're cast, they're not as much of a germaphobe as me, but it starts from the top. They cared about and it was and because we were one of the first, oh maybe probably the first five or ten shows that went back in the in the pandemic. So there were a lot of stringent procedures and processes and protocols in place. So there was that safety net, but it was very surreal to like it felt like Armageddon outside. And then like, so you had to leave your house. And in LA, there's always traffic. But at this time, you're like, well, where is everybody? Where is everybody? Where did everybody go, right? And then you go to, to work and you got to get tested. Your nose is jabbed. You got to yeah. fill out a thing. You got to answer questions. You got to go through all of these these tents and people in, in masks. And, I, and Girl, and they weren't playing yeah. me here. Dude, sit there. Like, yeah. Be funny. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. the, world going, the world going outside, but okay, here we go. Uh-huh. And I think for us, it really helped not save my life, but it, that show was such a, a, a way to survive through the pandemic, you mm-hmm. know, and then to know that at the end of this, when we're done, we're going to help other people survive through the pandemic because we're giving them a release. We're giving them a break mm-hmm. from all those numbers. All so those needed. Seven, all those so needed. Yeah, so right? needed. Yeah. Yeah. So it was hard to get through, but also I did, I, I had a little meltdown the first week because there was a scene where we all had to like get close, like face to face, like in a circle. And I was like, oh, I'm, I can feel, I feel breath. <laughs> like, I, was like, <laughs> I was like the aerosols, they're, they're all over me. And I think one of these, not in that circle. And I, they, they were laughing, they were like, Gabriella, as fast as you ran away. You I was said, like, I still breath. I still breath. <laughs> And I went outside and I just had to have a moment and, and Robin checked on me. And it's, and you know, it's like one of those moments where someone like, are you okay? You're trying to hold it together. And it's like, I'm not, um, you know, and it's just like, I just, I just had a moment because it was so new. Like you had spent, you had been, we had been in fear for so long. And it was like, stay six feet. Da, 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 da. And it was like, and then you're thrust into like no mask. And like, we didn't me. ease our way back into society. I'm with you. They just like, I have PTSD. I think I have PTSD because I yes. thrown into work and like being the drama folk that I am and just never really, like you said, ease into it. So for me, it's either or it's either like I'm on set and I'm comfortable or I'm all the way like an, a recluse from, from life. <laughs> what do you, and so this was speaking of, okay, recluse from life. I wonder, as you say, you wouldn't be walking down the street and ice cream for the re- various reasons, but how do you separate your personal from your professional? You know, what do you si- decide to give the people? What do you decide to, how do you decide to tell the people the personal versus, versus the it's, it's too personal and you don't deserve it? Because I feel I like you're very to yourself. Like, I am, and, but in real life, I'm a very private person. Okay. So okay. I also, I feel like I give everybody the real me and some people don't know any more or less than some of my friends or my associates just because I'm a very, I'm one of those people that everybody comes to mm-hmm. and I help people get the problems or I talk to them, da, 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 da. But I, I just always were, I not trained, but like I was never conditioned to release myself. So I feel like I never had those outlets the same because I was always the listening ear and never the talking mouth and like the bleeding heart. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've always dealt with my problems on my own and kind of just figured it out. Mm-hmm. So I don't like burdening people with my, I feel like, I honestly feel like nobody cares about your personal life. They, mm. they, they, they click this thing or, 
or bought this ticket or sit in that chair and turn on the station to see you, the performer. No, I give a damn about Gabrielle, you know, and that's the mentality that I approach it with. Like nobody cares. So I don't even, I don't give it. <laughs> that's so interesting. Cause I disagree. I feel like everyone cares. I think if I, if, if I didn't know you or if I was just a, just sitting in and not in this position and I'm just watching the show, I'd be like, I'm curious about who she's dating or I'm curious about what school she went to. And that, that stuff is readily available. I'm curious about, is she this fun in real life? Is she this casual? I'm very curious and I'm naturally a curious person, but I also know that's how people have made their careers, right? Because maybe like, I ain't dating no, I don't have a baby by somebody. Like all the right. things the society makes stars out of. Like I get real offended and I don't know if she's your friend or not, but I get real offended when people reference Kim Kardashian a lot when she, the whole, you got to work hard thing. And I just feel like, don't, don't tell me, don't tell me that. Or like I was talking to my trainer today about something. He was like, yeah, oh, you get one of those Kim Kardashian cards. I was like, who don't do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I get real offended, but because she's so popular in pop culture, hence pop culture, she sometimes becomes the example of, or, and, and people's curiosity and obsession with the Kardashians is evident because she's built this multi, multi, multi million dollar industry. And I don't see why you don't believe that people would feel that same way when they see you. Probably because I don't look like a Kim Kardashian. And like, I would assume Mm. that the interest and why her family and why some of those other reality shows, like we got black reality shows and then there's other reality shows. You look at just how the makeup of, I just don't, I just, I would just assume that the reason people are attracted to that family is because of the money, because of the connections, because of their beauty, because of the, the way they live their life. If a camera follow me around, it would be hella boring. So just, you better just follow me to set. Cause you follow me at home. There's you nothing boring. I'm eating because- a lot. I'm eating a lot. And yeah. you're not letting them actually in the house with their shoes on. They're going to have to, <laughs> they have to be double masked. They're going to have them boots. Like it's a whole to do. So if they come, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I adore you. We're past our time. I know that I took too much of your time. No, you're great. I, I'm, I'm holding this interview in perpetuity because I know that ultimately when do you get the Oscar? And I'm not just <laughs> saying that. I'll be like, I remember she's on podcast and I told her, I was just like, girl, it's coming. You've got to get it. It's happening. Uh, thank you. It's yours. And it's- listen, I'm not a big sports fan, but oh, you're not? you don't like the sports. I, I'm not a big fan. Like I don't know enough about it. Right. Uh-huh. I also don't have, I feel like I'm scared of sport. Like I used to be in a college football, I mean, college basketball and boxing. I still watch boxing, Yeah, but like football, basketball like everybody i know is so emotionally invested i just don't have the energy and the time it's it's it's, it's horrible it's like a setup for failure but don't, when i tell espn and i see you i'm gonna find ass i'm like come on brown skin come on hair makeup come on come on brown skin because they don't oh. they don't represent us well come on brown skin but well, you represent yourself lovely to the max every yeah. time I've ever seen you um, you're a lovely person and it, even in person getting to work with you was such a treat you're amazing you guys are generous with my non-acting ass I appreciate you well you know so you an actor now I am I do I tell Robin I said you know what you know it's so funny because um I'm always asked to play myself, which I love. I don't mind doing that. Don't tell me to deviate 
from anything else from that. I just don't get how y'all, I, I am, when I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm not just blowing smoke. I am in awe of what y'all do. You think the music industry is tough. I think music and acting is extremely difficult. And what y'all do so effortlessly, effortlessly, like it was, there was no work. I didn't feel like I was working. It was no work. We were laughing and kicking and doing different takes and different shots. I was like, is this work? We work, even though you are working, right? But so I don't know that. In. You fell and right in. It was great. You guys and I think it also helps the environment that Robin set up. Like, yeah. like you said, it's that sisterhood. It's about being supportive. And yeah. so our, our guest stars come in and they feel the love and they just, it's just yeah. like a playground. And it's just like, come on, girl, let's come outside and play with us, you know? And um, so I'm happy to hear that you had a great experience. And I, and I want you to know that it, 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 it is something that, it, first of all, I didn't know it's like a cult following. I had more people reach out to me about that than being on ESPN. They were like, girl, I saw you. And I was like, Okay. Okay. So I need to make more guest roles on the Thank show. Thank you. Thank you girl. Show. Um, Gabrielle Dennis is perfect. She can do no wrong. I want everyone to <laughs> can do no wrong. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you, Swift. I really Thank do. Thank you for having me. So thank you so much for doing my podcast. If you're listening, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast. That's for Gabrielle and you folks at home. You know, it's a labor of love. And I tell you that all the time. This podcast is truly a labor of love for me. Um, But the more that I sit into it, I do realize there are times where I I should most definitely give my thoughts and commentary about what's going on in the world. Um, And I hope you don't mind. I get on my soapbox a little bit. I just do because I have things to say. And I don't want to take away from the guests, but I do think it's a nice reprieve to update you all on what's going on in the world because there is so much content out there. There is so much happening that if you don't stop and pay attention, the world will pass you by. I say that because this week I had the honor of moderating Michelle Obama's summit, her very first summit. And it is basically essentially saying we don't like the world that we live in right now, but we can do something about it. And it is everything. I mean, it is everything for me. And so I hope that you all are participating in democracy, if you will. Meaning I need you all to get out and vote. And I don't want people to say, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It matters the most at midterms. It matters the most on the local level. It matters the most for who your local mayor is, the board of supervisors, depending on where you live and what area you live in. You know, who's your city council member that you want to vote for or against? It matters. It really does matter. They wouldn't fight so hard to stop for to make sure we couldn't vote if it didn't matter. You hear that line, but it is true. As we speak, there are people plotting to take away your right to vote in whatever way they can, whatever loophole they can find, whatever way they can say, oh, you didn't mail in this and you didn't mail in that ballot on time. And I see that you didn't tape your name down all the way and you forgot to sign it. Whatever it is, they're all looking for ways to take away the marginalized vote because the marginalized, the minority, you and me are the majority and they're in fear and fear of the power structure changing. And the only way it can change is if we vote. I say that. I hope that you feel moved by this. If it affects five people, that's five people who voted. If five people say, you know what, I am going to vote in my midterm election, not every four years, but midterms, right? Because we don't vote just for the president. We vote every two years, essentially, for those we want to be bothered with, those we want to put in office or not be bothered with, rather. So with that being said, go out and vote. I hope this makes you feel a little more energized and activated. Because we have to fight for what's right. At least that's what I try to do. Thanks for listening to Naked, commercials and all. (laughs) Have a great evening, day, morning, night, 
you name it. I don't know. Just enjoy yourselves. See y'all next week. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.